So the big question is this. How do ordinary people, like us, that weren't born into money, create true financial freedom, take back control of our lives, and live a life full of purpose, meaning, and fulfillment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I learn, apply, and share the strategies that the wealthy know and use that the rest of us weren't taught to create true financial freedom. My name is David Bell, and welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Jared, welcome to the Pocket Mastermind podcast. How's it going? Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, David. Good. Thank awesome. you for having me. Now, we were just um, talking before, obviously, we started recording and comparing notes on uh, lockdown status <laughs> across the different <laughs> sides of the world, which is also quite interesting. But today, obviously, we're talking about uh, buying businesses, uh, buying online businesses. And I think perfect timing, really, you know, with, with changing the way we're working, how people work, the, the loss of jobs globally and you know, entrepreneurial route could be good for some people, but they might be thinking starting a business seems really, really daunting. So there are other options, right? So today we're going to talk to you a bit about the older alternative of actually how do you buy a business that already exists? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I stumbled across it because I, I started the startup route and um, yeah, it's pretty hard. Like it's, it's really hard to start a business <laughs> when you've had when you've never done it before and just make it work. Yeah. Um, I can share yeah. that. I mean, at the moment, you know, I, I left corporate world at the very beginning of this year after, you know, years and years and years in the corporate world. Um, Congratulations, by the way. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, and luckily, I'm in the fortunate position where I plan to do that. So mm. um, I've got, I'm kind of figuring a lot of stuff out as I go and, uh, you know, things like the podcast and various other stuff that, stuff I hadn't done before, but you're right. It, without a roadmap, um, you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of time spent <laughs> failing and trying to figure out what you, what you're supposed to be doing. And so an alternative, I think, you know, that buying some, uh, buying a business is at least it, it, you're, you're buying something that's already working, right? That's the thing. So what was your, yeah. so you, as you said, you kind of, you learned a bit, you kind of came across this from starting up yourself. What was your experience? And then you know, where did you, where did you first buy a business? How did that, how did that come about? Mm, great question. I won't go through the big, long hero journey story. Like you hear everybody go through. Um, I'll try to keep it short, sharp and concise. I, um, I was the same as you. I was a, just working a, a regular job. I was a plumber and um, wanted to keep traveling and, and doing trips and um, Aussies and, and uh, us from the UK, we love traveling. So exactly. wanted to keep, yeah, wanted to keep that happening. And uh, yeah, I tried to start an online business and uh, like one day I literally, I was actually in England and I flew from England to Dahab after I did a big trip through Europe. Dahab's in uh, like a Sharm El Sheikh and Dahab are quite popular places in Egypt for scuba diving. So I went there for six months and parked myself there and um, did some, became a dive master and, and uh, jumped on Google and thought, right, I need to work out how I can travel the world and make money online. So I typed in how to travel the world and make money online into Google and then uh, popped up travel blogging and started that, tried to make a bit of money, did that, sort of bounced around doing that. And then I started my own e-commerce site uh, didn't know what digital marketing was. So I just wasn't able to sell anything. <laughs> didn't know SEO very well. Didn't know digital marketing. Like just, you just start somewhere like, uh, and yeah, I was back on the tools and working and hating it. And I uh, came across this stat that 90% of startups fail. And I thought, well, hang on. I've learned a little bit of marketing. I learned a little bit of SEO, I learned how to run some websites. They don't really have much oomph to them, but I'm sure I could buy something that's already past that 90% failure rate. It's really hard to start a, a, a online business or any business for that matter uh, with the stats, you know, normally it's more than 90% uh, of startups fail. So I went and typed in and see if I could uh, find off Google how to find or, and buy a website. So I went and bought a website, uh, taught myself how to buy a website. I went to a place called Flipper, mm -hmm. F-L-I-P-P-A.com. For first timers, I do not suggest 
buying a website business from there if you're a first timer. It's really hard because there's so many people that will start a website and they'll say it's a business and they'll submit phony financials and you know information. It's just not really a good business. Uh, and it's if you're not seasoned at doing due diligence and you don't know much about business, it's easy to fall in the trap. You can see there's so many people have been scammed on Flipper. It's a great marketplace, but you need to know what you're doing. So I suggest not to go there first like myself. <laughs> um, and your question was, where do you go to find these businesses? That's a great question. I suggest people to type into Google and type in website brokers. So just like when you're buying a house, uh, you go through a real estate agent or a, you know, a property broker, exact same process. When you're selling an online business, you can go through a website broker who lists that just like all the listings would be online when you're looking at a, a property you buy. When you're buying a digital property, you've got all the listings for sale on those different website brokerages, brokerage sites, and they tell you how much the site is, how much it's making per month, uh, what work is required to run it, what you need to do to grow it, and things like that. So, yeah, website brokers, check it out. It's, it's quite fascinating when you do. Um, everybody listening will be pretty astounded at the returns and may get hooked for a bit. But note, there is some work to do before you go away and buy one. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things, and I'm really interested in this conversation, is because there's so many like gurus out there um, (laughs) saying, you know, just start an online business, just start an e-com business, just 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 drop ship. It's easy, right? And so easy, yeah. So just do it overnight, and you can make a million dollars in zero point two five seconds. Exactly. (laughs) And I think they sell the idea very well, but the reality is if you don't have any background, if you've never built a website even, and like you say, digital marketing, I think one of the things I certainly found when I've started this up as I've gone along the journey is what makes the, as you start to look and say, well, what makes the difference between different people in, in different areas and the consistency is the, how they're, how they're able to communicate that business, the business is one part of it, but how they're able to then reach their audience um, is significant. And I think you've got to spend a reasonable amount of time learning digital marketing in some form, even if you want to outsource. And I've had this conversation with other people, even at some point, if you want to outsource, you want to know what the hell you're talking about when you do outsource. Otherwise, you're going to get ripped off left, right and center. You've I've been to- there. I've, I've been ripped off from marketing agencies and SEO agencies and the likes so Web uh, design. yes <laughs> you know oh yes mate there's yeah if you don't know if you don't have a brief understanding of how to check what their work and look at their reporting and 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 measure what yeah. success looks like then it's very hard to know what's working and what's not working and uh yeah you're right you you definitely Anybody that's in business should have some experience or knowledge of sales and marketing, especially because there's a big difference, like you said, in between working in the business and the systems of the business and then working on the business, which is usually the sales and marketing. uh, And then also development of the systems to make the business run without you. um, If you get to that stage throughout your startup or business. Yeah. So there's multiple, there's multiple levels. So, when, if someone's thinking about, you know, I'm looking to do my next thing, whether whether you're still employed or, and maybe you're thinking, actually, I want to do something different or maybe that decision's been made for you now and you're looking around, what can I do? Can I start a business? Buy, and now that they've come across this, right, and the conversation is actually, I could buy a business. What are the kind of things to think through when you're looking for a business? I assume one would be, pick something that you're interested in would be a good starting point right otherwise you could it's, it's, a, it's not fun anymore uh why would you want to spend your whole life doing something you hate yeah i mean that's a that's an interesting um interesting question around pick something that you're interested in before we go back to like what are those sort of steps i would say if you are working right now keep working whilst you're doing this uh if you're not working and you've been let go or something get another job and get another income stream. Uh, I hear a lot of people go, Hey Jared, I'm going to quit my work. and I'm going to come work with you. I'm going to join your community and do all your stuff and buy a business. I'm like, cool, but I don't want to help you if you're going to quit your job. And then the biggest reason why is because 
The same reason why we want to buy a business usually is to have more money for the end goal of having a less stressful life and an easier life. Now, when you quit your job or you don't have a job and you're trying to find an income stream, you can make these things called emotional decisions. And that's not the best way to invest uh, your time and your, yeah. So, and your money. So I say, make sure you're not in, you're not making your life any harder than it needs to be and always have an income stream and have that as a, you know, a solid foundation to build upon. Uh, and then when it comes time to looking for a business to buy, you know, you don't have to try and make things work and do this and rush into it and make silly decisions. Uh, and then when it comes to what sort of business to buy or what sort of steps to take is like, yeah, you go out and look for different businesses with the, with finding something you're passionate about. I think that's a good thing to have. It's a good thing to have, but I'm my opinion and my view is that it's not an absolute necessity because my first couple of businesses, actually my first three businesses I bought, I had zero interest in the niche. I wasn't passionate about it but I'm super passionate about business and I'm super passionate about growing it and super passionate about learning it. And that those business models allowed me to buy into uh, the business and be invested, invested in the, in the business and engaged in the business. So I think it's great to have the passion for sure. Um, but I don't think it's a necessity. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think that's an interesting take on it. Um, how then how do you this is we'll probably come on to this really so but one question how do you then manage multiple businesses <laughs> it becomes the challenge but we'll come before we come on to that bit i think yeah what else do you need to be considering um when you're looking for a business to buy um what kind of obviously it's not it's not one size so it's all but kind of considerations for any person around what to look out for such a, a good question and a broad question is you you really need to know how to do your due diligence so there's a few things that you need to check especially with an online business is you need to check the financials right financial due diligence seo due diligence marketing due diligence competition due diligence then you really need to speak to the seller as well so there's 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 different phases of due diligence and what due diligence is guys, for those listening who don't know what it is, it's just a fancy word for research into the business. So you just really need to, yeah, yeah just checking the business is a, is a, is a good business. Uh, and so you need to check all these different things at different levels to make sure the biz, what you're buying is what they're actually saying it is. And you need to check for the red flags. And sometimes people go, Oh, if a business has a red flag and I'm looking at buying it, I'm going to run away. A red flag does not mean that a red flag means, okay, I don't understand this particular part about the business. I need to understand it first before I move forward. And that may mean after finding that becoming conscious of that red flag and everything around that, it might be, okay, I understand it and that's okay. Or it might be now I understand it and I'm not prepared to have that risk tolerance with purchasing that business. So the next steps are like, once you've found a business, we should back it up a bit as well. Before we start looking for a business, we should have goals. We should have financial goals, how much we want to spend. We should have guidelines on the business model and all those sorts of things as well. And then you start your due diligence. Um, and then there, throughout the due diligence. So on that topic, are there types of businesses that are more suitable maybe for someone first starting? Like, there's obviously different levels of complexity within any business. So online would be exactly the same and you don't want to mm. drown yourself with too much i'd imagine for, to begin with yeah such a good question yes there are easier businesses for people that have zero experience if you have some level of experience or some level of knowledge i would lean into that type of business model for example if you have you know if you've worked for an e-commerce business before in digital marketing and you knew that then it'd be smart to go away and buy a digital marketing business and plug your skills and knowledge into that to grow that asset. Uh, the same with SEO and content sites or say software sites or membership type sites. If you have that level of experience, then lean into those business models. If you don't have any level of experience, I suggest purchasing what we call content sites. We should just websites that publish content like blogs and 
review websites. Mm -hmm. uh, how they make money is through ads on the site or affiliate commissions from product sales. And the reason I suggest this is because with SEO, SEO normally takes a bit of time to get ranked higher in the search engines and get search engine traffic. Uh, and you can learn those sorts of skills as you go without too much weight and pressure on yourself. However, if you buy an e-commerce business that's highly reliant on digital marketing, you should really know how to do digital marketing or at least what we talked about before is understand digital marketing and have an agency come in and do that digital marketing for the business. Uh, but you trust what you know, like and trust that company to get great results and you know how to um, track their metrics as well. So I would say content websites are probably the, the smarter or easier route for a, a beginner who has absolutely zero experience with the online uh, world. And I suppose budget must come into it as well, right? Because if you're running digital, if you're relying on digital marketing, you need a, an advertising budget, a marketing budget. Otherwise you aren't going to run any ads. So <laughs> it's all good buying this business. It looks like it's got, got, you know, decent turnover and profitability. And then if you, but if you can't continue the ad spend, that's just going to dry up instantly. So yeah, I think that's something to think about. Yeah. So spot on. Uh, so if you're, if you're buying an e-commerce business that's reliant on marketing, normally the income will be enough to cover the ad spend. Although if you don't have the skills, like you're saying, then that can dry up because you, you can't repeat the same results as the existing owner of the business or the team or whoever was running the marketing. So um, yeah, you really need to, need to know either what you're doing, have somebody to help you with that. Is there, and so you kind of, you, you pick your, your type of business and then are there other key things to look out in terms of financials, you know, return on investment figures that are, are there ballparks to be looking towards to make it a good return regardless obviously because price is, is a, it kind of, price is dependent on how much anyone's willing to spend right but what's the return exactly. rate that people should be looking for to to know that it's a, a you know a viable investment yeah that's a great question it, and that changes between business models as well so uh, a content website can be anywhere between you know, 30 months multiple up to 36 or 38, sometimes 40, 45, even I've seen it super high. So what a multiple is for those listing is we get the average monthly income, net profit, average monthly net profit and times that by a multiple. So it might be 30 X, which means 30 months times the average monthly net profit. Uh, and some, you know, brick and mortar businesses use EBITDA um, and they, that's 12 months, of, of earnings times say two or three, sometimes four years, and they call that two or three X. So each broker is different. Um, but yeah, you're kind of looking, I would say very broadly across all business models and niches is you roughly be looking around three years of net profit. That makes sense. And obviously the further out, the, the, the higher the multiple then, the the better business the risk usually. into in, into you really because you that's a long time to pay back right if you're looking at four or five years to to effectively return your investment without growth obviously the the point of buying this a business is to grow it not just to let it tick over where where possible um so yeah something mm. to consider that how long is it going to take you to get you get your cash back yeah, if you're buying something for four or five years, is you'll probably be buying a, a SaaS business, which is software as a service or a membership business that already has people paying monthly, locked into contracts they're paying monthly or annually or quarterly, and you that income and expenses is very predictable, uh, and you know the churn rate and all these different things. So you know if somebody was to buy, say, Audible or Netflix you know, they'd get quite a decent price for it as opposed to buying a business that didn't have, you know, returning customers and paying monthly. Yeah. So you're looking generally the longer or higher valuations are, are, are based around subscription type forecastable revenue rather than the, the sporadic things like yeah. affiliate sites, for example, less predictable because it's very dependent on traffic and click throughs. Yeah, exactly. Google traffic, search engine traffic. If you're very dependent on one single source, say just Google, 
then there's a there's a big risk in that you don't have diversification of traffic uh, and it's the same with e-commerce businesses as well um, if it's not a perishable item so like toothpaste or toilet paper or something that people continually buy from that e-commerce business uh, and you're making one-time sales then it's not super predictable and you know the market can change and stuff like that as well so and what kind of yeah. i guess it's probably you know fairly open-ended but what kind of price range are you talking for uh, maybe somebody looking at a starter business yeah uh anywhere or for a starter a business like a somebody, starting out investing in an yeah, online business yeah yeah what kind of yeah. budget do you think somebody is is a, is a sensible kind of budget to be looking at as an investment i say nothing under $10,000 because if you're buying something under $10,000 is you're really buying yourself a startup and it doesn't have much legs. Um, and especially for my audience is that if they're buying something any less than that is they're putting more stress, pressure and work on themselves to try and build something up to get an income stream is normally they want to keep their job. They want to keep working and buy an income stream. That's more so passive mm-hmm. and they can do maybe two hours of work on it per day after work um, or, you know, five to 10 hours on the weekend. Uh, So I suggest normally spending no less than $10,000 and then you can go up as far as you like. You can go up as far as you like. There's no, there's no ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) It depends how deep your pockets are and how big of an investment you want to make. And also I guess some of these businesses are, you know, you've got teams of people um, rather than kind of the solopreneur type businesses which you know i imagine most people probably start more towards that end and then work build their build their experience and then uh, in business owning and then then climb up correct so yeah if you're buying something in between normally the ten thousand to hundred thousand dollar range um 150 normally you're a solopreneur and then you can hire uh, virtual assistants or consultants that come in and help you as you go. Uh, I think that's a good place to start. Um, you know, you can buy businesses with teams, people that have a business around a hundred thousand dollars. They might have two people in their team it might be a small team and that's enough to manage for somebody who's, um, you know, can manage people or, you know, is, is pretty confident. So, and then you start to go up like when you're buying a million dollar business or more, um, then you, yeah, you're normally buying yourself into some teams. And sometimes these sellers want to sell their business with their team. Sometimes they want to keep their team, uh, and, and let the other person bring in their own team and run it. Um, I know when I buy a site, I want my team to run the site, um, more often than not anyway, <laughs> just cause I'm very confident in, in the yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's what you know, right? Otherwise there's a whole new learning curve to go through of uh, it's pe- learning people not just the business oh yeah <laughs> that's the hardest which bit. is it <laughs> oh mate it's another whole game yeah yeah but yeah for the price of the businesses normally if people are going to go to see website brokers they're going to google them they, they might start to see businesses in the 20 mil to 30 mil and i don't want people to go whoa this is like really out of my ballpark um, because that's scary like i know that that can be scary like 30 million dollars it's most people that are starting out, it's not within their reality and, and not, nor should it be. Don't make yourself feel anxious or stressed about that level. Um, if you buy a hundred K business, it's going to make you 30 grand a year. That's a good income still. Yeah. Um, and if you're still not at that level, you can buy a business around the 10 to $15,000 range and they're out there. So I don't want people to, you know, I don't want people to have the perception or, build a belief system about what we're talking about, that it's, it's very far out of their reality because my mission is to help people replace their income that are already working class people. Um, and yeah, if people have that belief system or, or doubt themselves, then they just discount this. And I think it's a very viable route and I've helped so many people do that. So um, yeah, I thought I'd just mention that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think it's wise words. And what would, what what kind of some of the the red flags like you said before not necessarily like no goes but if mm. you were you know when you're when people come to you and you're ta- you're you're helping people go through this process or you're giving advice to the to you now starting out with the benefit of hindsight and all the experience you've got what are really the 
the key things to be looking out for when if you're thinking about going down this route great question uh i look at businesses all the time and there's so many in fact i think it was was it yesterday might have no it's probably today um today i reviewed so in my community people learn how to do due diligence through my course and then they send their due diligence to me and i review it for them uh and so one of the guys was looking at a business and it was helping people change their names this is actually off flipper not the greatest business but he's learned a lot from the experience in due diligence and uh yeah the the person who who owned the business is the marriage celebrant and a lot of the business he got came through him and his relationships um, and helping people change their names. And he said, you know, it's roughly five to 10% of the, uh, the people who come to the business are, you know, through me and my relationships. Whereas we have no control or no actual way to track and be hundred percent certain that it's only five to 10%. And It'll in fact, I couldn't it? And I very much believe so it is. Uh, and, you know, he spent maybe, and this is quite a cheaper business. It was, you know, he's spending like $300 a year on SEO, which wasn't a whole lot. Oh, sorry, $300 a year on ads right. over, over a three-month period and, and a little bit on SEO. And he stopped all that through COVID and he wasn't getting work. So he's trying, it's a distressed sale. And I doubt the business is doing very well. So the red flags are when you when you don't, when you can't track anything or when you can't measure it and you can't, you don't understand it, then why would you, why would you continue? Like it's too much of a risk because you, you can't, you can't be certain. You can't be hundred percent sure that that person has only got five to 10% of the revenue coming through his relationships and you can't track it. You can't measure it. So that's a massive red flag that you'd want to try and probe and to look into further. And, my confidence level is quite high that you wouldn't be able to actually get an accurate answer uh, unless you had a lie detector, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but that's, that's pretty left field. Um, and that's, I want to yeah, give more justice good, yeah. to you. That's good. Yeah. 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 I wanna, sorry. I want to give more justice to your question if that's okay with more, yeah, sure, yeah. more answer. Yeah. Uh, so with SEO, like what are, what a risk is um, or red flag is that, if your the site that's being sold has most of its traffic coming through Google search engine and there's most of the traffic is going to maybe two or three pages or one page on the website, say 50% of that traffic is going to that one page on the website, that's a bit of a risk. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a red flag. So you need to look into that further. Are you confident you can keep that number one ranking or number two ranking and still bring in all that traffic? Because if you don't, you could get knocked off that position and you could lose say 50% of your traffic, which could be 50% of your revenue. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, I've seen some sites that have two to three uh, bigger pages where most of the traffic comes to it. Uh, if they lose that, then they lose a lot of their business. So that's a, that's a risk. Uh, also not understanding financials is a risk being single source dependent. Mm -hmm. So being single source dependent on one traffic source is very risky being single source dependent on one revenue source is very risky where we see a lot of people who uh, may only make money through or maybe only get all of their traffic through Google ads or Facebook ads. If they change the algorithm and which your ads stop working, <laughs> which it's happened to me, I've lost tens of thousands of dollars to this. Um, I've had to change my whole business model due to this. Uh, and then also if you've got an affiliate website that, say is getting commissions through one affiliate um, and it could be Amazon. It could be through Walmart. It could be through any of the big uh, affiliate programs online. If they change their commission structure or they just stop it, then you can lose your whole business as well. So there's multiple red flags and multiple risks, but they're the kind of, they're the kind of bigger, bigger ones. I would say um, that your audience for where they're at should be looking at. Or, any, or be conscious of are there any um what i would call kind of macro niches or industries that you look you work within or do you just you across all sorts and when i'm when i mean when i say that i mean things like you know health and well-being and uh, wealth you know finance kind of stuff 
relationships tend to be the, the three macro and everything sits beneath those those three areas are there any particular area that lends itself to having an online online business or it very much vary any it, any industry or macro industry micro industry niche or sub niche or micro niche there's you'd be surprised anything can be a business <laughs> seriously <laughs> um yeah i don't stick to anyone uh, at the moment but um and there's some that some niches and some industries or, or niches that have people with deeper pockets and, and spend more money or are inclined to spend more money. Say for example, uh, people with fancy cars or boats or, you know, um, the things that is it indisposable. Yeah. Indisposable income mm-hmm. where people spend things with their indisposable income. It's, it's a lot easier probably to sell those products and services to that audience rather than selling, say budgeting, personal finance to somebody who's scraping a few dollars together and no offense to anybody where they're at at any level of their life. But you know, when I was struggling with money is like, I'm not going to be spending a whole lot of money to, you know, I'm trying to hold my money. Um, So yeah, these different niches and different industries, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. And I, I think it can help, yeah, do some niche research, um, which is another whole story and another whole podcast in itself. <laughs> it's so, not super duper necessary to buying a site, but it can be a good thing to know and understand. You get an idea of what the customer demographics look like in different mm-hmm. you know, things like health and, and well-being are quite good industries generally. Yeah, that people that is you know disposable income. People are looking, they're, they're spending money on on how they look and how they feel. It's a positive that it's a positive intent with the spending. I think like you said, where it comes down to people spend anything on their health, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And pets. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Pets is a great one. <laughs> pets <and people laughs> spend on their dogs is crazy. Um, so if someone's <laughs> listening to this now and they're thinking yeah, it's quite interesting, but daunting, talk to mm. us a bit about the, the support that you provide your, your course that you offer um, and how that could help somebody who's looking to, you know, potentially progress this after listening to this conversation. Yeah, sure. So, uh, my course initially started out where I was just teaching tradies how to get off the job site. So it's a very, uh, entry level, um, course where I've got additional courses as well. Um, that, you know, as you grow up through the levels, but it's, um, it, it was built for people that have zero online business experience. Um, particularly tradies that don't know anything about, you know, a, even really using more than Facebook or email on their smartphone, um, <clears throat> which was me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so people can join in and they learn how to find a site, how to maybe get a bit finance for the site if they want to get finance and how to conduct due diligence. They get taught how to um, yeah do that due diligence. And I also review their due diligence prior to them purchasing a site. So they don't go away and buy a lemon. So I give them a bit of a review and say, Hey, you need to look at this, ask these additional questions, whatnot. Um, all that's wrapped up in what I have is a community. So we have a, a, a big community of people who are buyers and it's great to, for people to be able to network and connect. We have people going five, six and seven figures buying growing and selling and scaling sites in that community. And everybody sort of asks questions and chimes in and learns from each other. So um, it's a quite a fun experience where we have virtual events, also do live trainings. Um, you know, a lot of cool things happen within that. And I also put out different courses and everybody that's in the community gets access to, to my courses and stuff like that. So I've got a, I've got a course on, buying online businesses and then a good course on growing online businesses. So people can ascend into growing their business once they purchase it. Sometimes people even just join because they've got a business they want to grow and they want to be a part of the community. So um, I'm very hands-on in my community. Um, I was just speaking to somebody who joined the other day. It's like, I was very surprised that you actually spoke to me. (laughs) In fact, I actually, every single person that joins, I send them a personal message just for them. Like the, the most important thing is they understand that I am there for them. Like mm-hmm. their success is my success. And yeah, I make, I make good money f- from this business, which is awesome. But what really fulfills me 
and I'm more about fulfillment and having a, a good life is like me helping people achieve great results in online business space. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I, I want to answer every single question that's in the group and, and be there for people. I, I froth it. I just love it. Well, that's why I think, you know, any, when anyone, for most people, when you start any kind of product or business, the point is it's a product or service that's to benefit other people, right? And yes, you get paid for it, but if it if it's not benefiting the benefiting the people, it's you fall and flat on your face for your, the first objective of the business. So, yeah, I think it's it, it's good to hear that you know that's that's at the forefront and um, not always the case, but I think for most of us when we start something, that's the whole point, right? Is it's the good feeling comes when somebody gets a benefit from your product or service. Oh yeah. And your business wouldn't last very long if you, if you didn't get people results at no. all. Um, you know, you wouldn't get glowing testimonials and you wouldn't have people that are willing to jump on the phone with you for an hour to talk about how their experience was when they're in the community and you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I think the more you put into it, like anything, right? Like life business, the more you put in, the more you get out. So like, I just go all in, like it's, it's, it's my fun business and it's, it's my money business as well. But, um, I, I think I get more value out of it fulfillment wise than financially. And how's your, I guess, come back full circle when you were talking about, you know, you went off uh, diving in Egypt and stuff and that was kind of where you it really started in, in terms of wanting mm. to detach income and time effectively. Right. And so you're not just going to work on the tools. How's it, mm. how, how has it changed your life now since you've, how long has it been since you first kind of made the jump uh, and how's your life changed since you did that? Uh, so I made the jump in 2015. I quit my job. So five years. Uh, since then I've traveled a lot more. I've been to every continent except Antarctica. Um, as soon as I quit my job, I went away for a year and a half and just surfed my brains out um, through Central and South America. It's a complete it's a complete life changer to a point where I have a job site at the end of my street and I walk past it every single morning to go for a surf and I can't comprehend living that life anymore just because it's 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 very out of my reality where I used to wake up at 4.30 in the morning in the dark and drive an hour and a half to work and then work for 10 to 12 hours and then drive home and then I'd spend five hours on the laptop. I was a zombie. So <clears throat> I, I've really put in the hard yards, but the life, life is so different where like during the day, my partner works at home. She has a home studio as well. And we, we have lunch or we'll you know, have hugs during the day. We'll hang out, do crazy things with the cat. We'll go to the beach. Um, and this isn't like, you know, to say, you know, toot my own horn here. Like it's, it was freaking hard to get here, but it's a, it is a massive life changer. And, um, I used to, when I used to hear people say this story of how their life is like, you know, they work 20 to 25 hours a week. Like I do, it's like, I want this now. And I was just on the phone to somebody earlier. I was like, dude, you need to realize that this, you see this small little thing of how my life is now, like the iceberg goes way deep and like you want to achieve it yesterday. And I get that because I did too. Like I wanted to achieve it quicker than you. I can always guarantee that. Um, So like just sticking to the, sticking to the route for many years and not deviating from it is what's going to get you there. As soon as you start to deviate, and start something you just get on a whole nother set of train tracks and you just need to build another whole train train rail to get there and when you jump to and fro it's it's really hard but yeah that's life is life is quite different um yeah nice does that help does that yeah, does, uh, i think it's good it? to, i think it's good to show how you know it does completely change and, and i think, think being able to and although there's you know the hard work setting up you, you can get to a point where and the goal really is to detach income from time. What we're very much conditioned to is you, mm. go to work, you get paid by the hour, even if you're on an annual salary, technically you're broken up into chunks of time and that's mm. what you get paid for. When you go to bed, you stop getting work. You stop, you stop mm. getting paid. And so uh, this kind of approach and this lifestyle is really around 
how do you create a more happy and fulfilled lifestyle and be financially secure, financially free whilst doing something that you spending more time doing stuff that you like. Now that might mean that your work is something you like, or it might mean that you work less and you spend more of your free time doing the stuff that you like, however you want to cut it, I guess. Um, and so I just want to kind of illustrate that this is one of those routes that you can then take to get you to that point. Yeah, you're so right. Like when you clock off, you clock off at work and there's a whole different reality. I used to, I used to think like, hang on, we've got people that are billionaires in the world and they don't do any work. Yeah. They just hang out on yachts. I'm like, how the hell do they do this? How do the hell do they manage so much money? They do nothing. Like there's a different world out there. It's just a different reality. And you know, you don't have to set your end goal to be a billionaire and hang out on a yacht. That certainly would not be fulfilling for me, but I feel like like the biggest reason I do this is because I want to help people have more time so they can spend that time doing what they love and with whom they love. Because at the end of the day, I believe the most valuable things that you take to the grave are experiences with the people you love and experiences with the people you love could be an experience that you have for yourself because you love yourself and you love having those experiences. And it could be with your friends. It could be with your family. It could be with random people, but like, like you, you, I'm sure you would agree is like time is so much more valuable. It's yeah. easy for me to say that in theory, like it really is because I was in the massive perception is like, I'll give as much time away right now to have all the money <laughs> so i get it on on both on both um both wavelengths but it will shift and when it does i think it's a it's a thing of beauty i think the, the thing with time is it's looking at it as in how are you investing it and that's mm. a different spin on things because yes you're always spending it but are you investing as you spend so like when you say um there was lots of lots of hard work and lots of time went into and it went into this it was the investment that's now paying back you know sitting around doing nothing with your time netflix mm. whatever it is mm. social media hour after hour is not invest that's just purely spending time and you're not that's not going to pay you back in the future if anything you're building a time debt for the future because you're going to not going to have the skills you're not going to have the advantage and and reality is you're probably gonna be more miserable oh spot on i think that analogy of investing and debt like is such a good way to think about it like when you're sitting on the couch or social media land and you know you're just racking up lots of debt and you can get so big that you're not able to pay it off um you know, the second and third order, order consequences of that the compounding effect of that nice. and then on the opposite side of like investing your time, like every time is spent, no matter what, right? Like you said, time is spent. You could spend it on racking up debt or you could invest it into something that's give you going to give you an ROI. I, I couldn't have summed it up better, David. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And just, and, and, you know, one thing I try and help, you know, when I'm talking to people is really think about what you're, what you're going to, what you're going to get back. And, and also think about, when you're spending time, if it's productive, you may not feel like you're getting a direct result from it, right? So mm. learning, for example, reading a book or doing a course or doing something else, you may feel like you spent a whole day and you haven't moved forwards in your business, but you're moving forwards in the way in which you operate, in the way in which you uh, see the world and, and then your skills and ability, and it will pay back at some point in the future. And you've got to get over and it's something I had to work on myself is feeling like you spent a whole week and nothing to show for it, but it pays yeah. back in another month or two or six or whatever it is. Uh, and, and that's just a mindset thing to try and get your head around is right. Really get stuck into the stuff early as possible. That's going to pay back in the future. And, and it's very easy to get, get caught up in the tangible things. Mm. at the expense of the, the the intangible the softer stuff yeah yeah spot on and you know even like micro level steps of like if you're spending time on social media or netflix if you want to be more productive than doing that 
even just stopping that is going to be more productive because the compounding effect in the second and third order consequences are you just free up all this time and this time allows you to think and that time thinking can allow you to put it into ideas or you know how you're going to invest your time and your money more wisely but when you're you know a zombie and unconscious on this this uh this crazy vessel here it's um it can be very destructive. In fact, I've got some really good time management things that I use with my phone. Um, it's quite. I'm going to come on to those in a second. I reckon. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> I've got some quick fire questions for you. Yeah, I think that's cool. a very, very wise, uh, very wise point to make. Any final before we go on to these quick questions? Uh, any final thoughts for anyone listening who's kind of interested in in what we've been discussing? Yeah. Um, final thoughts is that like this may be for you. It may not be for you. If it is, then go down the route and, and research it. And, and um, if it vibes with you, awesome. Um, if it sits well in your stomach, great. If it doesn't, then, you know, find something that does. Um, yeah. And, and just stick to the path. Like once you find a path, just stick to it. And the path will, ahead will change, but once you change tracks and you're going way back and starting again, that's all I'd have to say before we nice. hit some, rapid speed questions which i'm excited for <laughs> yeah so with uh, with that and uh, looking at the clock we'll fly through these so uh, do you have a morning routine and if you do what does it look like and kind of what benefits have you seen from doing it if that is the case yeah uh, i used to have a quite strict morning routine uh, where i'd wake up i would visualize um, for a number of minutes and then i would do gratitudes um, all of the crazy things to dancing and all these different things that I've, I've tried out. Um, right now it's, it's a bit different. I'll wake up normally I'll visualize, you know, visualize the lifestyle I want. Um, and also think, think about, you know, the high, high leverage tasks that I need to do, or I can put the team onto doing. Um, and then I'll do DNS. Uh, DNS is deep, uh, sorry, deep neuromuscular system. Um, it's a type of exercise you could say, or stretching, um, I do for my body, uh, instead of yoga. And then I go for a surf. So yeah, normally it consists of visualizing, thinking bit of exercise slash stretching and, and, and then go for a surf. Uh, that's how I start my day. Most days. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> now we're all, now we're all jealous that we don't live on the gold coast. <laughs> i wear a wetsuit as well at the moment because it's just coming out of winter <laughs> so it's still cold yeah it's cold by, cold by your terms <laughs> yeah okay. uh three books that you'd uh recommend and why okay uh the obstacle is the way by ryan holiday why emotional intelligence uh and understanding that that roadblock you have has so much lessons and so much feedback in it. If you were to only listen to it, you'd be able to overcome it. Uh, and having the emotional intelligence to do so. Yeah, I think that's really important. It was a game changer for me, that book um, through a period in my life and really helped me learn what emotional intelligence was um, and made my life so much better for it. And, and all of Ryan Holiday's work is really good. He's got, um, can I mention some of his other books, even though they're not on my list? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Being a bit greedy here. Um, so he's got the ego is the enemy as well. And this book here, um, which is called the daily stoic. Um, I'm pretty big into stoicism, which emotional intelligence. So like I read a, read a, um, page of that a day. Uh, yeah, that's so my first book or first author would be him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. I like the way some people bend the rules on this. <laughs> sorry about that. Good, no. <laughs> sorry to the listeners who are like trying to make this this end quicker. Yeah, no, it's fine. <clears throat> um, second book is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Uh, that's been a, a a massive energy shift for me in in knowing how to say no, knowing what to say no to and only working on the things that uh, are the high leverage tasks for me and just freeing up space, freeing up time for creativity. Um, yeah. And, and just following essentialism, the, the path of essentialism. Um, it was really big, really big for me. Yeah. 
good, all good, um, all good, all good uh, recommendations here. I haven't read these, but um, the topics are perfect. Mm, yeah, they're they're good books. It's um, I guess all of them haven't been tactical business books, but they're mindset. Um, great so mindset books. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's the it's more important than the tactical. It's the foundation that the tactical can lay on. And the last one, if I may, uh, is your life, your legacy by Roger Hamilton. Uh, just an amazing book. Why do I like this? It helps you identify what your wealth profile is or your, maybe some people might call it an archetype, your wealth archetype and what you're good at, what you're not so good at, and how to find your flow as a, as a human being and as, a, as an entrepreneur um, and, and doing more of that. And uh, just some of the, you know, I picked it up maybe two weeks ago and just reading like the first couple of pages, just the quotes and the, the depth, just the sheer depth within that book is, is phenomenal. Um, Roger Hamilton your life, your legacy. All of those going on my list, my list. <laughs> I keep saying this. Every, every time I ask these questions, my list gets ridiculously long. Uh, three, three people that you would uh, you either follow or listen to that you'd recommend uh, listeners checking out. Hmm. That's a good question because I'm not much of a follower in terms of, like social media. Um, could be a podcast, could be a writer, yeah. could be any, any, in any medium. Uh, someone who think you, someone who you think has a good message or messages um, that will help people. James Shremko is an Aussie. Uh, he's been on my podcast. I've been on his um, very smart guy. I look up to him. He's got a great podcast. It's called super fast business podcast. Um, hmm. I like Ryan holiday. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, this is a tough one for me. It's it really is a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hmm. There's some actors and there's one person I really like who would be at the top of my list is his name's Kelly Slater. He's a professional surfer. He's won the most championship tours and the most world tours in the world. Um, I guess he's not so much of an entrepreneur. He's definitely an investor. He owns some pretty awesome companies, some awesome businesses, and they're very environmental. I am environmentally friendly. And I just think he's just got a great approach to life in terms of health, work balance. Um, he's an athlete. He's 45 and he's on the world tour. He's been on the world tour for so long. Um, the oldest, the youngest person on the world tour and the oldest person on the world tour. He's the most, I would say he's won the most championships out of any sport in, in the world. Um, and, and, and I will arguably say he's the best athlete ever. Um, just because of his, his body is still competing with the best people in the world for so many years. And yeah, I just, I just like his approach to life business and health and yeah kelly slater great it's a bit of an oddball for listeners well i i, I think a, a lot of a lot can be learned from there from the elite level like the pinnacle of any sport right there's mm. a reason why kelly slater lewis hamilton roger federer all of the uh, Serena Williams, there's a reason why they are the peak of the pinnacle of the pinnacle, right? Because yeah, because it's all, it's the mindset and, and mm. the way in which they approach everything about their, their lives. And mm. the same thing, the same thing is so important when it comes to 
business or any other area of your, mm. your life it all starts with everything everything we see started with a thought we take it for granted so often but you know the stuff that we're talking to each other on started with a thought everything in the background for you there started someone thought they thought this thing and then they made it right and so everything that we achieve or don't is a result of thinking in one way or another um and so mm. it's so important and i think elite level sports people can be a great example and listen to the message because they they're very good at communicating good ways of going about stuff and i think it gets lost in the the noise of just being our oh, there's that they're happy about winning stuff but actually they give away an awful lot of good good advice whilst in in, in uh, acceptance speeches and all of that stuff so yeah yeah good choice um three habits um, or disciplines or good habits or disciplines that you've kind of adopted over the years that you think have made a big difference to uh where you are now hmm three habits <clears throat> or disciplines your visualization sounds like one. Yep. That's definitely, that's, that's top for sure. Visualizations. Um, in fact, your whole morning is quite mindful. Like, you know, yeah. The, all the way through even surfing, right? You, 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 it's a mindful activity sport first thing in the morning, particularly something like surfing that requires balance and variability and all the rest of it. That it's a mindful activity. Yeah, I, I would say a, a habit of obsessing. So yeah, visualization for sure. I'd also add a habit of an obsession for and a hunger for knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a, a great, great habit for me. Um, and discipline. I think discipline is the most undervalued habit or the most undervalued tool you can have in your arsenal to anything, not even being an entrepreneur, but any level of achievement. And I think discipline is, is so valuable discipline to change things on your phone discipline to, for me, discipline to stop working and having a rest. Um, <laughs> That's the other challenge that comes in. Cause suddenly when you, when your time isn't dictated, mm. you've got to dictate your own time. Yeah. I, I think discipline, I'm going to, I'm going to say that one discipline is, yeah. It's the rocket fuel that gets everything done. I think people get yeah. on motivation, but motivation comes and goes like that. And uh, it's never there when you really need it, motivation, because when stuff gets difficult, motivation runs and hides. <laughs> so I found that discipline is the is the thing that keeps you going. And they talk about, if you, uh, I think it's uh, Atomic Habits, uh, and they talk about um, Michael Phelps, and I think mm. his entire career, he missed one 5 a.m. training session. That was for a wedding. <laughs> other than that he was in the pool at 5 a.m every single day no matter where he was in the world even during the olympics uh he still did his 5 a.m training sessions and that's discipline that's discipline and also like discipline mixed in with sacrifice like imagine the things that he sacrificed to to do that like insane five hours a five hour chunk every single day nice. there's other weddings he would have missed yeah i'm certain of it um so many things that he would have missed and people some people can't even be disciplined to turn off their phone for a day or not take it with them for a day or or something like that read, like, um, read a book instead of watch tv anything and yeah. little things yeah and it's it makes such a big difference I, th I love the um, love what you said about motivation. I wholeheartedly agree with it. Like motivation is uh, a piece of energy that you can get from something that's external to yourself. It could be a video, it could be an audio, it could be something you read or saw. 
Um, and what I like to tell my clients is that, you know, motivation is not going to work. It's actually just like junk food. It's just filling a spot, it's filling a void. And if anything, it's, it's, it's going to cause you damage because you get all motivated and you don't achieve anything and you actually put more pressure and stress on yourself. Instead, I like to work from the inside out. In fact, um, I helped one of my cl- my cousin, my cousin actually name his, um, business. Uh, it's on training exercise and training it's called inside out and i love the inside out approach and that is that inside out when you're talking about something you want to achieve not using motivation and junk food or junk media using inspiration comes from within you and the only way you can have inspiration is through visualization and that's my philosophy in my opinion and that's why i think the visualizing is so big 100 percent. couldn't agree more uh, mm. three and you kind of started to touch on this before but three tools or systems apps whatever you want to call them um that you now couldn't live without uh i couldn't live without my laptop i could probably live without my phone uh or so, a sim- or a simpler phone. <laughs> <Is it>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just a phone and text. As yeah. long as I don't have to do those old school texts, like press the button four times <laughs> yeah, so exactly. get one letter. That's disgusting. I remember those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my laptop, one tool I couldn't live without. Another tool that I couldn't live without is money. Mm-hmm. Um. And. What about some of those apps you got on that device that may help you be more productive? Probably Gmail. That's about it. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, yeah, Gmail. No other no other app is... is uh, I've got the library app. Gmail and the library app get the most attention and that's it. Last question. If you could spend one hour with anybody, dead or alive, who would that one person be? Hmm. Hmm. I'm glad I'm the one that asked this question because I'd struggle to answer it. Yeah, there's so many amazing human beings, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would probably say for where I want to be, not for where I want to be, but to achieve some some of the things that I want to achieve. Um business wise it would be warren buffett nice choice yeah nice choice yeah still still a very uh wise head to be watch particularly now particularly now um watch what he's doing because he's not moving the way the markets are moving and uh, he moves the markets (laughs) (laughs) true and uh yeah i think it's worth keeping an eye on eye on him during these interesting uh, economic times because what, what the direction that him and uh, Berkshire Hathaway go will mm. be a good indication and and for the majority of the last six months they've sat very very quietly um, which suggests that they haven't seen the end of the the current market conditions so yeah definitely work as am I just yeah, same uh. <laughs> I it's uh, the the discipline is another discipline yeah patience in the marketplace for um, yeah it's very easy to get caught up in the the hype um of everything that goes on particularly if you look at the states the s p 500 with a very rapid recovery um, mm. founded on nothing of substance whatsoever a um, breath of air <laughs> yeah, completely terrifying so yeah keep an eye out uh mm. Jared, thank you very, very much for giving up your time and for, for all of the insight. Where can people uh, learn more about the course um, or, or track you down uh, if they want to learn more about uh, buying online businesses or growing their online business? Yeah, just go to uh, buyingonlinebusinesses.com. Um, we've got a podcast there. We're the third best passive income podcast online. Um, so we're chasing Pat Flynn, who's number two. And yeah, just if you're interested, I would just say, listen to maybe a couple of episodes of my podcast. If it vibes with you, 
then go through more. If it doesn't, find something else and that's okay as well. If you want to know more about what we do, there's links to the community and all that sort of stuff on, on the page. Um, yeah. First, to, first see if like, this is a, you know, I'm somebody you'd like to follow and, and a path that might be right for you. Um, if it's not find something that does, there's so many ways. Perfect. So true. There are unlimited ways pretty much. Mm. Uh, now it's never, never been more options, right? You've got the, the power of the, the internet. Which is also scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's where we, human beings, we struggle with focus and trying to uh, yeah. connection. That's one of the challenges. But look at the good side. We've got so much more choice and opportunity that you can do from your own home. If if we were living even 20 years ago, it would have been more challenging and, and, and 30 impossible, right? You wouldn't have these opportunities available to us. Oh, man, we're so lucky. Like, seriously, the way the world has sort of evolved for us, like, just just made our lives so much easier to do this like oh it's so good and even people that have jobs like being able to work from home now like it's exactly. just opened up the eyes to the digital world and um yeah it's fun it's exciting it is and what yeah. a good way to end thank you again yeah. uh for, for all your time and and like i said the insight uh for anyone who's enjoyed listening to this we'll make sure we've got the the links on the website so they can get in contact with you uh, and also uh, if you'd like to listen to this episode then you can listen to all of the others the links are all there as well uh, and remember to uh, follow us uh, subscribe like share spread the word as far and wide as you possibly can but uh, thank you Jared and thank you everyone for listening Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more similar episodes, head over to pocketmastermind.com where you'll also find the links mentioned in this conversation. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. It'll really help us to get our message out and let more people know about these episodes. So leave us a review, leave us a rating, hit the subscribe button and please share with your friends. Until next time, thank you again for listening.